Um, so as many of you may remember, if you were around a month or two ago, we had an MCC service um, celebrating MCC's 100th year. And, and, and uh, the scripture that MCC has chosen to use this year is the one we just heard. And so I'm actually going to use um, some of the uh, resources that have been put together for uh, MCC centennial year. Um, in this centennial year at MCC, we reaffirm our Christ-led commitment to the Ministry of Reconciliation. Reconciliation and peace are distinctives of our Anabaptist faith and encompass all aspects of life. This year, MCC invites you to reflect on your vision for reconciliation in your life, your work, your community, and your world. Reconciliation as it's presented in 2 Corinthians has three parts. One, God is reconciled to the world through Christ. Two, we are called to be reconciled to God personally. And three, we then become God's ambassadors of reconciliation to let the rest of the world know that they too can be reconciled to God. This message resonates with MCC's purpose as a worldwide ministry of Anabaptist churches, which shares God's love and compassion for all in the name of Christ by responding to basic human needs and working for peace and justice. MCC envisions communities worldwide in right relationships with God, one another, and creation. That's from MCC's mission statement, if you were paying close attention. In MCC's principles and practices, it states that MCC's understanding of its reconciliation ministry is explained in several places, including the following paragraphs. While recognizing that the creation God pronounced as good has fallen away from its creative purposes, we joyfully confess that through Jesus Christ, Christ, humanity and the world have been reconciled to God. As an arm of the church, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, proclaiming through word and deed that the good news that is in Christ, that in the good news in Christ, there is a new creation. Amid human brokenness, violence along ethnic, political, and religious di divisions, and environmental degradation, by God's grace, we are called in our ministry to embody a foretaste of a restored creation and a reconciled humanity. So this is not another MCC service but we are highlighting an MCC project that we do locally um, and that we've been working on for the past few years. And it is a way we are attempting, this project is a way we are attempting to be ambassadors of reconciliation here in Saskatchewan. So today, Ben and I will be introducing to you or reminding you, if you already know, um, to the podcast, Reconcile Everyday Conversations. And I can put a link of it to that in the chat in a little bit as well when I'm not talking. So since Canada's truth and reconciliation work across the country, the term reconciliation has become very prevalent in our news cycles, our educational institutions, and within different community-based organizations. Some churches who have preached the biblical ministry of reconciliation have also been grappling with how this term reconciliation is being used in a broader way, in particular between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people in Canada. So I work as the peace building coordinator for MCC, and, and I was also curious about how reconciliation and, and our work with reconciliation in Canada was fitting together within the peace building framework. Um, since the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in Canada concluded 
I have heard the challenge from Indigenous leaders that it is time for the settler community to step up and do some work. So creating a podcast that sought to deepen our understanding of reconciliation and invite people into the reconciliation journey felt like one way that I could do reconciliation or at least find out what it meant. Um, in 2008, we started by interviewing nine people, most of whom would identify as settler or non-Indigenous. Like our title, Everyday Conversations, we talked with everyday people who came from a variety of different perspectives. Every time I would ask someone if they would come and speak to me and have a conversation with me about reconciliation, every single person said they didn't feel qualified to speak about reconciliation. And every single person has provided really valuable and insightful reflections. At the beginning of 2020, I invited Ben, who had been interviewed in season one, to co-host the second season with me. And so in the last months, we have been talking with people who identify as Indigenous. And every time we finish a recording, Ben and I are like, whoa, that was so good. It's been a really good experience for us. Um, so for our service today, I chose three clips that I want to highlight from our podcast um, that sort of shows some of the themes we have, we've seen in the podcast. So our first clip, we will be listening to Tara Anderson. Tara attends um, Lakeview Church here in Saskatoon. She works at the university and she has two children. This clip is from our very first episode, and in it, Tara talks about how her understanding of reconciliation grew out of her biblical interpretation of 2 Corinthians. So we're going to listen to a clip where she is answering the question, how do you define reconciliation? For me, I feel like the word reconciliation, originally my first encounter with it was often in sort of the 2 Corinthians ministry of reconciliation context, that idea of reconciling to God and um, us being ambassadors of the ministry of reconciliation. And so I think that that was, you know, the framework, the schema that I, I started out with when it comes to the word reconciliation. And um, for me, it was around 2015 when I started just to see the word reconciliation bubble up in all kinds of different contexts and settings that were not faith-based and had nothing to do with 2 Corinthians. And so I think that that really was a part of what piqued my curiosity as to like, what's going on here where our society is using the word reconciliation all the time. And, and just that idea that um, it just wasn't a word that I was used to seeing in different settings like at the university or at the education setting or, um, you know, in government conversations and things like that. So I think that the the term reconciliation, the ideas behind it for me have really evolved over time. And I've, I've come to understand that reconciliation is a, a conversation that's unfolding in Canada in lots of different ways when it comes to the application of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and how we build better relationships with Indigenous people. The word reconciliation is 
really complex and it carries a lot of weight and it can be um, a word that we use in lots of different ways and there are times where that becomes overwhelming and so as I think about what my definition of reconciliation is I think I've tried to maintain something that I can grasp and something that I can work towards and so for me it really I try to use the word to capture the idea of just building respectful relationships and friendships with Indigenous people. Um, in our in our uh, conversations, we always had a standard set of questions. So the first one always was like, how do you define reconciliation? And it's amazing like how many different interpretations there has been. Um, in our next clip, I want to play uh, a clip from Harry LaFond. So many of you may know Harry from his connections with MC Sask and his work with the Walking the Path group. And if you don't know about the Walking the Path group, I would invite you to talk to Joe or Phyllis because I believe they are both involved still. Um, he lives at Muskeg Lake Cree Nation. He is an educator that has taught in schools and universities and in the community. Harry has served as the Chief of Muskeg Lake for 10 years, Executive Director for the Office of the Treaty Commissioner for 11 years, and he is currently at, is the St. Thomas More Scholar in Indigenous Education at the University of Saskatchewan. So here, Harry is talking about how we can do reconciliation. So let's have a listen. Uh, many, many years ago, uh, one, of, one of the people I was working with said, you're a good listener. And that, to me, that was a that was a really beautiful compliment, because it meant that uh, you know that uh, I was practicing deep listening, you know, uh, and deep listening is really a critical part of reconciliation. It's it's not just it's not just feeding back what you're hearing on the surface, but you're 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 taking things down in into the depth of. of emotions and social understanding and you know intellectual understanding and moving into areas of empathy and and respect and humility you know those kinds of uh, those creed teachings that are uh, an important part of who we are as a people uh, wherever I've worked like as a classroom teacher I learned to become a reconciliatory type of teacher I, I started out being uh, the residential school type of teacher because I didn't know any better. And that was the, you know, the, uh, you know, the uh, strict, uh, no-nonsense type of uh, relationship with the students. And it never worked. I mean, it, uh, you know, you get, you get slammed by, by your own practices. And I learned the hard way. And um, my wife helped me a lot. My wife helped me a lot to understand, you know, how to how to recognize some of the uh, uh, some of the uh, issues that uh, that were uh, pa being passed down through the men in my family. My uh, my dad was damaged by the residential school. His dad was damaged by the residential school, and so. There's missing pieces in that, uh, in the way of being a father that uh, we experience. And I, when I became a father, my wife helped me. But the two of us, we 
you know, we, we, we began to understand, you know, uh, that uh, reconciliation needs to be part of the way of raising children, you know. Uh, it means you need to, number one, you need to know, you need to uh, know how to say, I love you. Mm. You need to be physical about it. You need to hug. You need to touch. You need to have that uh, uh, that um, very um, physical connectedness with uh, with your children. And that 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 way of doing things translated into uh, into my way of uh, governing my community as a chief. I really like this clip and I chose it because it highlights the idea that reconciliation can be integrated into all aspects of our life, how we parent, how we lead each other. Harry talked a lot about reconciling this, these Christian ideas he was raised in in the Catholic Church and, and pre-spirituality. Um, and, and we can use reconciliation to address historical harm. So it was a really fascinating conversation with Harry. He's very wise and I would recommend that you listen to that episode in particular. Um, the last clip I'm going to play, it's a little sneak peek for all of you. It hasn't been released yet. It should be released hopefully on Wednesday. Um, and it features Jenny Lassard, who is the chef at Wanaskewin. Um, In our conversation with Jenny, she talks about decolonizing the kitchen. It is so fascinating. Um, but the part I'm going to highlight now is is part of her final comments to us. And it's a sentiment we heard over and over again in our conversations. And I hope that it's an encouragement to you all to never stop about learning about reconciliation. So let's listen to Jenny. I think that people, um, what I would encourage people to do too is there are no stupid questions. So if you're talking to an Indigenous person, say who had the, you know, who grew up traditionally, ask them what they grew up eating and how they got it, where it came from and, and listen to those details because it's the history of the land here and we should know that and if, if you can actually get that from someone, don't, you know, never think you're asking a stupid question because you're trying to inform yourself. That's how I've grown and learned is by asking questions that I'm sure I should probably know the answer to and I'm embarrassed that I don't but just ask and also don't be afraid I'm sure I hope there are indigenous people listening to this don't be afraid to let people know when they're doing it wrong like if you come in and you say you're calling this that well this should be something else you are the authority on that I'm not like I cannot speak to every kind of indigenous cookery and I think we need to teach each other and learn. So in the spirit of learning and teaching together, we've written a study guide that you can access on the MCC website. And I might actually put a link up to this as well in our chats before we finish today. Um, and so I would encourage you to access it and use it with your family or with your small group. Um, here in church or perhaps in Sunday school, or maybe with your book club, if you have one of those. Um, it, it, 
it breaks down our episodes into different themes and asks some more questions for us to reflect on. I should also mention that the music for each episode is by Josephine, and we received funding from the MC Sask to fund part of this project. And so since you are also part of MC Sask, this is also your project as well. So I encourage you to, to explore the podcast further and to learn how to be ambassadors of reconciliation. Ben is going to reflect a little bit about what he's learned from this. Yeah, it's it's been such a great process to uh, work with Heather, at least in season two, and also be part of season one. Um, but just in response to the stories we've heard in the clips today and the scripture from Second Corinthians, you know, I have a few thoughts that I'd like to wrap us up with today. Uh, Paul writes in Second Corinthians that God, through Christ, has reconciled us to God's self, and we are tasked with the ministry of reconciliation, of restoring relationships. And I think we've all experienced broken relationships. You know, broken relationships are painful. Broken relationships hurt us. Broken relationships hurt the other person that we're in a relationship with. And broken relationships make us feel, you know, incomplete. And these relationships might be our marital relationships, former dating relationships, our parents, siblings, friends, people who attend our church, or even our coworkers. Paul is writing that as a church body, you know, we've been entrusted with the message of reconciliation. We've been entrusted with the task of restoring relationships. We've been entrusted to be the hands and feet that move and shape reconciliatory work. You know, on one hand, I think as a national, regional, local church body, we do reconciliation well through the various programs that we participate in and offer through our various arms like MCC. But on the other hand, you know, I'm also afraid, I'm not afraid to admit that there's more we can do. Uh, and I think that's why this podcast has been so important. It's a tool to learn how we can further reconciliatory action in our own lives. This podcast is important in acknowledging the broken relationships we have on the home front with our indigenous brothers and sisters and how we can work to address that brokenness in our community. I think everyone has had the experience of a broken relationship before, the break, the, the break, the coming together and the reconciliation. It feels so good when things are right again. I can only hope that one day we can experience that same restoration with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. So as members of one body, we are entrusted with striving towards this reconciled idea in all of our individual and communal relationships. We are being challenged to live into the mission of reconciliation, to dialogue with each other, and to find a way to eat and celebrate together again. So as we cl close the Zoom chat, I encourage all of us to listen to the podcast, to remember that we've been reconciled with God and be challenged to not just consider if we're going to be reconcilers or not, but how we're going to be reconcilers. Thanks.